Welcome to Stories of Xi Jinping, a podcast series sharing decades of Xi Jinping's work experiences at different levels of government across China. To find out how his leadership and thinking on governance gradually took shape. One day in March of 1982, 28-year-old Xi Jinping left Beijing for Zhengding County in North China's Hebei Province to start his position as Deputy Secretary of the Communist Party of China Zhengding County Committee. Zhengding neighbors Shijiazhuan. The provincial capital of Hebei, the two separated merely by a river. Chengding used to be a town of strategic importance in North China in the ancient times. Chengding had good harvests in early 1980s, but was still very poor, with farmers struggling near the poverty line. Agriculture for the county consisted mainly of grain production, leaving little room for forestry, husbandry, and others. Limited farmland spread over a big population left local residents with meager incomes. Many lived below the poverty line with barely enough for food and clothing. In 1981, annual per capita income of the county hovered over 140 yuan, which meant 0.4 yuan or 0.23 dollars per person per day. Xi Jinping was deeply concerned. Boosting the county's economic growth and raising people's living standards became Xi's top priority. You're listening to stories of Xi Jinping. In the first episode, we will hear stories of how Xi Jinping has formulated development strategies at local and national levels. Xi traveled across the county to collect first-hand information in an effort to formulate a development plan suitable to the place. Xi discovered that Zhengding enjoyed a favorable location, sitting close to Shijiazhuang, which is a relatively big city in the region. It could develop a commodity economy and promote a model that would integrate agriculture, industry, and commerce, thereby greatly expanding its economic potential. In 1984, Xi formulated for Zhengding a semi-suburban economic model based on this strategic outlook. The key was for Zhengding to take advantage of its location between urban and rural areas to grow, process, and provide all that Shijiazhuang needed, so as to develop its own economy and improve local earnings. This economic model broke the boundary of people's thinking at the time and helped local residents find a feasible way to shake up poverty and grow rich. It also promoted coordinated development of the urban and rural areas. After that, Zhengding intensified its efforts in branching out its economy and diversifying its industries. Local farmers began knocking on the doors of urban markets with their labor and agricultural products. In 1984, Zhengding's gross industrial and agricultural production and farmers' per capita income all doubled from figures in 1980. The county started to take off on a growth trajectory with its own characteristics. Li Yaping, who worked with Xi in the CPC Zhengding County Committee, 
recalls the following. The semi-suburban economic model soon won acknowledgement by the people of Chengding. Everyone seemed to be enlightened. Before that, we knew only of growing grains. But since then, we realized we should serve the city of Shijiazhuang since we were close by. When working out tough problems facing the economic development of Chengding County, Xi Jinping aimed not only to solve specific problems, but also to tackle deeper challenges and establish a well-structured and balanced economy, which boosted the overall growth of the county. He was not confined by short-term challenges, but maintained a long-term perspective at the same time. This represents Xi's strategic thinking with a big picture in mind. Xi Jinping is keen on thinking and planning in advance, with trends and directions of the times in mind, so as to set strategic targets for economic and social development and decide on concrete steps to be taken. In June 1985, Xi left Zhengding for Xiamen City in southeast China's Fujian province, where he would serve as the deputy mayor. The first day on the job happened to be his 32nd birthday. Dinner that night included local specialties such as oyster omelette, stir-fried noodles and seaworm jelly. It was an unforgettable birthday with exotic local delicacies. Also unforgettable for Xi were the dilapidated buildings and poor lighting along the narrow and dirty streets of the city. She said this was not the garden in the sea, as Xiamen was nicknamed, that he had in mind. Xiamen was already one of the first batch of four special economic zones in China at that time. To help Xiamen accommodate the expanding special economic zone and to explore the possibility of free port policy, she formulated a strategy for the future of Xiamen. In a year and a half, she organized various field research, solicited opinions from Xiamen residents, and visited economists in Beijing. All these efforts came together in an economic and social development plan for Xiamen from 1985 to 2000. This was the earliest such plans by a local government in China that spanned 15 years. Chen Jingmu, then deputy head of the Municipal Planning Committee of Xiamen, recalls that a strategy for development proposed by Xi was a new word at the time, representing his outstanding ability to think forward. The local authorities had long been making five-year plans and annual plans, but had never made strategies for development, and people rarely gave much thought about strategies in the special economic zone. In Zheng's opinion, it was extraordinary to just come up with such a term as strategy for development. This plan covered various areas, including economic and social development for Xiamen for the next 15 years, positioning of the city, growth of industries, the free port model, financial system in the special economic zone, ecological environment, and others. Xiamen, once a lonely small island city, started its rapid rise. After that, she left Xiamen for Fuzhou, the provincial capital of Fujian province, to take up a new post. 
In Fuzhou, she made three-year, eight-year, and twenty-year economic and social development plans for the city. He designed plans for Fuzhou to transform from a city that relied on the river to one that reached the sea, and to build a golden triangle economic circle at Mingjiang Estuary, among others. With stable, medium, and long-term plans in place, infrastructure projects such as international airports, highways, deep-sea harbors, and electricity facilities were launched in Fuzhou one after another. Enterprises from Taiwan and overseas began to invest in the city, while multiple types of development zones advanced simultaneously. During Xi's six-year tenure in Fuzhou, the city's gross production rose at an annual rate of 20% on average, and the impact also reached other non-coastal areas. Such coordinated development boosted the rapid economic growth of the whole province. Xi's colleague once made such remarks regarding his ability for strategic planning. When analyzing the development of an area or a city, Xi is aware of both the present and the future. He's a strategist with vision and long-term missions, and is able to coordinate and take command of the overall situation in view of the overarching trend. Xi Jinping once said that correct strategic assessment, sound planning, and concrete actions create good prospect for economic and social development. The two blueprints he drew for Xiamen and Fuzhou have already turned into reality in the ensuing decades. Today, Xiamen is not only an ecological city with pretty gardens and charming landscapes, but also a city of entrepreneurship and innovation. New economy and new industries have been developing rapidly. Trade and investment have kept up, and sea, land, and air transportation can now reach all parts of the world. Fuzhou, a city of water and mountains, saw its total economic output surpassing one trillion yuan or 150 billion U.S. dollars in 2020, ranking at the top of Fujian Province in 2021. An ancient Chinese saying goes: If one does not have the big picture in mind, he can't very well govern a single area. If one does not plan for the long term, he won't have a clue for a brief period of time. Xi Jinping's strategic thinking is demonstrated in his ability to think in big picture terms, look into the future, and grasp the overall situation. In over two decades' time, from holding offices in East China's Zhejiang Province and Shanghai to becoming the national leader, Xi made arrangements in person to further the integrated development of the Yangtze River Delta region, making it a national strategy. The move created a source of robust growth and high-quality development, setting a fine example for the rest of the country. The Yangtze River Delta is an alluvial plain near the estuary of the Yangtze River. Economically competitive cities in Shanghai, Jiangsu, and Zhejiang are all located in this region. This region, while accounting for about two percent of the country's land mass and ten percent of the total population, contributed to more than twenty percent of the country's total GDP in 2001. 
She was keenly aware of the strategic importance of the Yangtze River Delta. It could become an experimental plot in China's quest for modernization, and also a growth engine boosting China's national composite strength and global economic competitiveness. At the end of 2002, after she became secretary of the CPC Zhejiang Provincial Committee, he made the following prediction for the future of the Yangtze River Delta: The Yangtze River Delta is a highlight of the Chinese economy. In much the same way as China is a highlight of the world economy. At the beginning of 2003, she proposed that Zhejiang Province should take the initiative to align its development with that of Shanghai and play a bigger role in the Yangtze River Delta region. In a media interview, he said only by grasping the historic opportunities can actions lead to strategic results. Aligning with Shanghai means connecting with opportunities, development, globalization, and modernization. He said, "Those who see this early and act swiftly will harness the opportunities and see results." After that, considering Zhejiang's great advantage in location, the following arrangements were made. With Hangzhou Bay Area in lead, Zhejiang took the initiative to align itself with Shanghai and conducted cooperation in various areas, including infrastructure construction, information technology, industrial division of labor, development and utilization of energy, and environmental protection, so as to advance the integrated development of the Yangtze River Delta region. The year of 2003 thus marked the first year of integrated development of the Yangtze River Delta region. She continued to promote these arrangements even after he left Zhejiang for Shanghai for his new post. Having in mind the regional and national development strategy, he proposed the incorporation of Shanghai into the planning of the whole Yangtze River Delta. Xi Jinping said. For Shanghai, serving the Yangtze River Delta is the first step in serving the region and the whole country. It's a must if it is to strengthen its role as a regional economic hub, a growth engine in the national economy, and a flagship in international competition. After more than 10 years of development, the Yangtze River Delta has become one of the most vibrant, open, and innovative regions in China. In his keynote speech at the opening ceremony of the first China International Import Expo in 2018, Xi Jinping announced that the country had elevated the integrated development of the Yangtze River Delta region to a national strategy. Cities, including Shanghai and those from Jiangsu, Zhejiang, and Anhui, are moving together to form a world-class city cluster. The Yangtze River Delta region, through integration of competitive advantages, has become a strategic spot both in domestic economic flows and in exchanges with overseas markets. This has led to a new pattern for China's high-quality development. As China's top leader, Xi Jinping has always implemented his governing philosophy in the form of national strategies. Over the years, as she served in various posts, his strategic perspective never stopped after the planning, but rang through all the way to completion. You've been listening to stories of Xi Jinping. 
In episode two, we will hear stories about Xi Jinping's decisiveness in dealing with major public health emergencies like SARS and COVID-19, and how he guided and optimized the epidemic prevention measures to balance people's well-being and economic development. 